around the same time. Seven years ago, when I was working as a, as a drugs worker, and now I do various things, including Sport and Fork, which has been running now for about the last year. The way tonight's going to kind of work is initially I'm going to show you a, a short film about the project. It's actually a trailer that we put together for a project that we did in the summer. It's got some jazzy music, so maybe I don't know if it fits here or not, but it's, it's quite interesting. It gives you a bit of a feel for the people that we're actually working with and the environment we're working in. Um, I was then going to talk about kind of how the idea came up, um, why it came up, and actually how it works. We're going to show another short film, um, which a drill that we work with the boys that will give you maybe a bit of a feeling um, for what we're actually doing. It might make a bit more sense, because maybe when I explain it, maybe it's, it might not be so clear. I was then going to sort of finish up with reading um, my diary of the project, which is a year's kind of writing that I did, which starts from the first few sessions of the project in February 2011, all the way until July 2012, um, when we finished working with these boys. So we first started working with these group of boys when they were year eight, so they were second year, as I would call it, in secondary school. And by the time we finished with them, they were at the end of year nine and going into their GCSE year. Um, as we start with the film, um, it's about six minutes. I started working with it, it was absolutely just crazy to just quite a few all over the place, uh, very, very uncontained, incredibly aggressive, very violent sessions, verbally aggressive, verbally violent, physically aggressive, physically violent. The home life is really tough. Um, there might not be much money around, there might not be much attention, emotional support, interest at home from parents and you know, then they become involved in other things. Over the last 12 months, you know, the, the changes these boys have made has been absolutely just amazing. Um, and the fact they've taken that into, you know, into school, um, into their everyday lives, it's just been unbelievable. You know, I must admit myself, I'm surprised you know, at, the, at the impact the project's had. Do that run properly, and then we still got time for a 20-minute match. 
in a negative sense on, on the news or whatever. So I started thinking about you know, what I said there at the beginning, is that you know, one's reaction in a sporting context is no different to a societal. So if you can contain yourself on the football pitch and think about what you're doing you know, and like, put your foot on the boards and actually step back for a second and pick a pass, you know, you're less likely to actually find yourself in a situation off the football pitch. The guys on the football pitch who you know, can't pick a pass, who can't think about what they're doing, um, who are quite rash, were more likely to be the guys, not in every case, who off the football pitch you know, can't sort of contain their, their anxiety and their aggression um, and find themselves in situations that they probably, if they actually thought about it, they would prefer not to find themselves in. So I started thinking about the boys um, in Harlesden, in, in what well, I call that school card in Hensley, it's Newman Catholic College now, um, where I've worked for about five years. We used to have quite a, a big um, amount of, a large amount of work there. I was working there about three days a week because the need was very, very high um, in that school. And I started thinking about you know, other ways that we could work with those boys there. Um, and this is where Sport and Fort came from. Um, I approached the Football Association through a link of mine because I started to think about the fact that if I was to do this, you know, I needed other people within football to kind of help me. And also a big brand would be really, really helpful to actually get this off the ground. So I managed to get a meeting there and I spoke with them. And you know, they moved down from Soho Square to Wembley and they've got this you know, amazing stadium. And they all kind of scuttled in like ants you know, in the morning from Wembley Park Station up Wembley Way or driving, going to you know, the stadium and do their work and then disappear at the end of the day. And you know, from that stadium you can see everything and everybody can see the stadium. But you know, most of the kids that we're kind of working with in the borough one would have never been in that stadium in a million years because they just don't have the finances to actually sort of engage with it and just wouldn't have any contact with them. So I was thinking of the possibility of you know, trying to get them involved um, in the project by you know, making them feel a bit bad <laughs> about, you know, about the fact they've got this amazing stadium and all this money and they're not actually doing anything. So I kind of went and floated this idea to them and it was just an idea. It was about five lines on a piece of paper. Um, which I developed, you know, over time I started thinking more about it and I was quite surprised they were actually quite interested in, in what I was thinking about doing and I was aware that they were having one of these kind of, uh, they call it get involved, one of these um, internal drives to try and get people involved in external events away from the institution so this was kind of my chance really to, to try and get some guys from the FA to come down and and take an interest and hopefully get this project off the ground. So this conversation went on for about four or five months, actually. Um, and in the end, they agreed to the idea. By now, you know, the original four or five lines was a page or so. Um, and we put an advert out internally within the Football Association at, at, uh, at Wembley, um, asking for people who might be interested in doing what we were doing. But, you know being aware that it wasn't just a football project, there was quite a big psychological element to it, you know, it wasn't just a kickabout on a Friday afternoon. Um, had about three responses out of 800 people, so, you know, the three's better than none, and met with the guys a number of times, and they were quite interested in what I was thinking of doing. And it kind of went from there, really. Um, started meeting with the coaches and started trying to think about, you know, how we could develop this, this piece of work because 
I wanted it to work in a particular way. Initially, the initial thought was that we'd actually play football and then we'd actually think about it. Um, it was sort of, I became quite aware of in about the first 20 seconds of the first session, this just wasn't possible. Um, yeah, when I was sort of in fear of my life. And, um, and I had to think on my feet. So, you know, Sport and Thought's original kind of way of working and what Sport and Thought is now are quite different things. The way Sport and Thought actually works is we use contained spaces to, to work with the boys in very, very simple ways. Um, you know, we, used to, we just make cone boxes within a football pitch and the idea is that the cone box is the boys' minds. And what we see in, in, in the space, or initially not in the space, is actually what's going on for them. So for the first X amount of sessions, the boys are everywhere but the space. They can't work in the space that we're trying to work in because they can't contain their anxieties, their chaos, their violence. They're everywhere but where we want them to be. Over time, and it takes quite a lot of time and a lot of work, gradually they begin to work within the space that we're actually working in. There's many different drills that we do. Um, at the most basic level, what we try and do with the boys is actually engage their brains and get them to think these are a group of boys who don't want to think. You know, they act on their impulses constantly. Um, that's why they, they fight all the time, because they can't think about anything. So their reaction to any situation is either to, to verbalise their aggression by you know, cussing or being racist or physically punching someone, um, which is you know, something that we had to deal with on, on a number of occasions and still do. Um, I was actually going to show you a drill which... We'll give you a bit of an idea of what we're doing. And I'll explain. Alright, come on, that was that 12.30. Yeah, 
mean, that's a, just a way of kind of showing what we're actually doing, um, rather than me just talking about it, because I think, you know, I can talk about it and explain it, but I think to actually visualise it is a lot easier, because maybe, I'm not saying people aren't into football, but you know, if you know what we're doing, it's, it's a lot easier to kind of for me to talk about. Um, you know, what the boys were doing there um, was a really basic drill in a contained space. You know, it's a dribbling drill, it's a straightforward football drill, but we've actually changed it by adding the external box, which the boys have to go into. That box gets smaller each time. The boys have to cope with people in their proximity and all the difficulties that are evoked with that. And, this, you know, this is what we do in various drills, and I verbalise what takes place throughout the session. And that's how sport and thought works. It's an opportunity to actually kind of show the boys what's taking place for them um, without it feeling persecutory, without it feeling humili- you know, sort of a humili- humiliating kind of experience. So there it's, you know, they, obviously the two boys found it really quite difficult to actually stay in that space. And I only saw that video recently and I found it quite hard-hitting. That's from the summer. Um, and obviously I was there for the two weeks that we worked with, with those boys. Um, but you know, to see sort of the reactions, how uncomfortable they feel, and then we wonder why they have the, you know, the difficulty staying in class, you know, why they get kicked out of class, why they get into fights. You know, they can't cope with those situations. So you know, at the moment we're running you know, two projects and we're working with 20 boys at a time. We've got 20 boys in those boxes um, and the difficulties that come from that, you know, where they can't keep their hands to themselves, um, it becomes you know, quite difficult because they externalise all their internal difficulties. So, you know, that's kind of how we work. There's various other drills that we do um, throughout the session. The session actually starts um, in quite an interesting way in the sense that we, we put aside a, like, I suppose you call it a start box or a safe box, which myself and my colleague or whoever's working with me on that particular day place ourselves in. Um, it's up to the boys if they want to join us. It's completely their choice. Um, it's, you know, if they want to mess the session, they can do that. If they join us, they join us. We start the session with a run where they run the lines of the pitch, um, the external lines of the pitch, with the idea of actually internalising the pitch um, and the contained space. Because we, we work with them at the end of the day. You know, it's on a Friday. They've had a very tough week. You know, they're difficult boys. They're all over the place. And this is a way of actually getting them to actually slow themselves down and start to think about what they're doing before we actually start working with them. Um, a number of the sort of starting drills are actually non-ball related. It's all about kind of containing anxiety and getting them to think at all times. Um, we then move into kind of more sort of ball related drills, but all about engaging the brain and getting people to think about what they're doing at all times. You know, the sort of as as uh, as I've said in the video, you know, about not wanting to get into the fight with the boy that he was actually thinking rather than acting and that's what we've been trying to encourage the boys to do at all times is to actually think and not act on their impulses because what they're actually used to doing is just to act out their anxieties all times never think, never step back and so what we've been trying to sort of say to the boys is, is put a foot on the ball you know, in the session put a foot on the ball and they actually link that to an external situation you know, in class when it, you know, it feels difficult when it comes on top of a teacher when it comes on top of another boy to actually think about things and as if you're on the football pitch and you're going to pick that pass. So put the foot on the ball and just step back for a split second, pick your pass and you'll pick the right one. And you'll do that with the teacher. And throughout the session, we externalise what's actually taking place within the session and we link it to situations outside of what we're actually doing to allow the boys to see it's exactly the same at all times. So the difficulties they have in our session 
no difference for difficulties they have in the classroom, on the street, at home, in their relationships with other people. And, you know, we saw the statistics, you know, that kind of speak for themselves with these boys um, that I'm going to actually read about in a second. You know, when we first started working with them, they were involved in 120 recorded incidents a month amongst the 20 boys. By the end, it was actually 10. So it's a reduction of 92.2% in behavioural uh, removals from class. Um, there was an increase in ability to attend school by 61%, and the boys actually outperformed the rest of the school, like the small group outperformed the rest of the school 95% to 91% of average attendance. <coughs> yeah, so we, we had a group of boys who went from being you know, high risk of permanent school exclusion and actually school phobic um, to an extent to a group of boys who, as of last Friday, are all still in school, enjoying school, and actually doing quite well. I'm going to read. Um, it makes it a bit easier for me rather than ad hocing. Um, I'm going to read from the very start of the project and kind of how it started out. So it gives everyone, you've kind of seen what it's about now. Um, and it goes from kind of February to the summer, which is the pilot of the project. And then we come back in the September. And it's just, you know, the three terms, the autumn term, the winter term, and the summer term. Yeah, just give you a bit of a feeling of what these boys went through and what we went through with them. Um, excuse if there's any rubbish English, I'm not that academic, so. Okay, so the first, this is the first five months of the project. The group was initially made up of 12 adolescent males aged between 13 and 14. The boys were referred by Newman Catholic College due to their behavioural and emotional difficulties. These were boys from who their daily experience at school were removed from class and ongoing difficulties in relationships with peers and adults. They were boys in the last chance saloon, at serious risk of permanent exclusion from school. Many of these young people were gang affected, came from fragmented homes and experienced deprivation and economic difficulties. For many, English at home would not be their first language. We had originally planned to structure the weekly sessions of the thought-based group followed by a football training session. However, it soon became apparent that the group's members had difficulties remaining still, thinking, listening and conversing. We therefore developed a session which combined each element of the project simultaneously. For an hour and a half of football training session, the group therapists continue making observations on the boys' behaviour and apparent difficulties, and encouraging discussion to remaining active. The therapists continue to link the difficulties within the session to the classroom and societal situations to show the crossover of what was being experienced. Attending the session was the boys' choice. The sessions ran after school on a Friday afternoon. Before the project started, each group member met with the therapist, and so myself, for a discussion about the project and to complete a psychological assessment. We carried out the project at the Newman Catholic College and all-boys secondary school in Harleston. It was an area of high levels of crime, substance misuse and gang activity. The boys preferred being exposed and continue to be exposed to this lifestyle, which in turn influences their behaviour and cognitive processes. The first few sessions highlighted the level of difficulty the boys had in listening, thinking, observing and sharing. Many of their internal difficulties were externalised within the sessions, with footballs being literally smashed in all directions. Instructions being completely ignored, and constant acting out behaviour between the group members, such as punching, pushing, kicking, and verbal humiliation of each other. At the most basic level, the boys could not manage to bring the appropriate kit or footwear. During the early part of the project, we were running a session in the indoor gymnasium. We had a number of boys playing in school shoes or in their socks, wearing trousers and shirts. As the project progressed, the group members gradually began to play in trainers, many wearing appropriate clothing, which was a significant shift from the initial sessions. It showed the worth the boys placed on the project, being able to plan ahead and bring in the appropriate kit for the project. It's a great achievement, considering most of these boys don't even bring a pen to school. 
We began initiating an internal psychological shift by getting the boys to work within contained spaces, laying out cones to cordon off an area. Initially, the boys were everywhere but the box, but over time, as they began to think more and act out less, they were able to take part in the drills whilst remaining in the box. During these drills, the emphasis was on short, controlled passing that takes thought rather than uncontrolled, smashed or long pass, engaging the brain rather than lashing out. Working within such confined spaces also led to the boys having to cope with others being in their proximity and the feelings that can be evoked. At first, the closeness to each other would cause them to externalise their anxiety and hit out, but over time it led them to think, sorry, led them to being able to think about and cope with the closeness of others. And an important change enabled the boys to cope with physical proximity in general life. The FA coaches devised engaging skill and engaging drills which facilitated the psychological work but also improved the boys' football skills. Each session also ended with a group match. At the beginning of the project, the boys were uncontained in their behaviour, expressing their own ability to work as a team and a desire to smash the football forwards. The matches were dominated by flying footballs, venomous words and fists. However, as the project progressed, the boys became more aware of their ability to work as a team and improve greatly. They became able to think more about their play and engage in short passing games that constantly engages the mind due to the need to think and observe, using the space and be constantly moving. It also showed an improvement in their communication skills with one another, developing their ability to work well as a team. Another development was the expectations boys had of the adults running the project. At times they tested the therapist and coach's abilities to cope with their behaviour and contain the sessions. Would the sessions keep running if they continued to express such difficulties? If they expressed their emotional difficulties through disruptive behaviour in the classroom, they'd be removed and punished. During the session, the therapist would respond differently, verbalising what he saw happening and encouraging the boys to think about why they might behave in this way. The therapist highlighted both the positives and the more difficult aspects of the session throughout the process at the end of each week. On one of the weeks, none of the boys attended the session. It was raining heavily and the therapist and coaches arrived late by ten minutes. All the boys, upon seeing the rain, had assumed the adults would not bother and decided not to shout themselves. A week after, the therapist acknowledged what had taken place the previous week, not in an attempt to make the boys feel guilt about not taking part, but to emphasise that, that adults were reliable. A week after brought the biggest shift and breakthrough of the behaviour of the boys. At the beginning of the session, all the boys were present and waiting for the coaches in a relaxed and contained manner. The behaviour throughout the session was exemplary, as was their ability to think and communicate. The boys said that they'd held a meeting between themselves before the session to discuss their difficulties and how they impacted on the project and not what they, were, what they were trying to do. The boys spoke of wanting to try that much harder in the session to contain their behaviour and to think and not act. The group spoke of having enjoyed this session more due to their own good behaviour. Another development in the project over the summer term has been our ability to begin to provide refreshments to the group. The boys were given a sports drink and a piece of fruit at the end of each session, which was a great success. Initially, the boys, although happy to receive the drinks and fruit, found the experience difficult. Spraying the drinks around and throwing the bottles and fruit on the floors if they felt not worthy of being looked after. After one session in which the boys had displayed difficult behaviour, one of the boys spoke to the therapist who was about to distribute the end of session fruit, saying they did not deserve to be treated. It was an interesting comment which showed his awareness of the difficulties within the group, but also maybe the confusion about the way the adults continued to work with them and treat them, even when they had a difficult session. As the sessions progressed, so did the group's ability to feel worthy of having refreshments given to them. No longer were drinks being sprayed and bottles of banana skins thrown to the floor. The rubbish started being collected and placed in a bag, showing the boys' ownership of the group. 
From a psychological perspective, it also showed an internal shift with regards to how they see and feel about themselves. The group no longer feeling as undeserving and rubbish, but moving towards feeling worthy and more whole. Another interesting development in the project was the addition of new members to the group, which had not been originally referred. This saw the group size increase from 12 to 22 boys during some sessions. Additional members turned up to the group with appropriate kit, and most interesting, they also expressed emotional and behavioural difficulties. None of the new members were academic high achievers coming from stable homes, but adolescents expressing quite extreme behaviour and difficulties. They found their own way to a project that could be of use to them, which showed the programme was both accessible and valued, not just for the football coaching, but for the group therapy. The boys would have heard about the project through their peer network, which showed the pupils recognised that the sessions were not just fun, also helpful in giving them space to think about themselves and support them to be understood. We decided to allow these new arrivals to join the session without prior referral as we wanted to keep the project as inclusive as possible and ultimately to help as many young people who needed this type of project. The addition of new members brought some difficulties for the original group members who felt their space, both for thinking and recreation, was being invaded. It raised anxieties within the group about whether they could all work together but as importantly, whether group facilitators would be able to continue offering a containing, nurturing environment with such, with such an increase in numbers. These anxieties became very apparent in a session which had 22 boys attending, resulting in a great deal of acting up behaviour and a complete inability to maintain concentration and thinking and thus engage in even the most basic of football drills. As the drills broke down and the boys began to leak outside the coned out space, the therapists and coaches decided to passively pick up the balls and sit down within the cone square rather than chase the boys and raise their voices in an attempt to be heard. Within a minute, all of the boys had moved back into the square and sat down in front of the adults. They began to address the difficulties that had been taking place and why this may have been happening. It was a great help to the boys who managed to re-engage themselves into the session and finish the remainder of the drills. Over the course of this pilot project, there were three incidents of physical aggressive behaviour between the boys. These incidents had the potential to boil over into more serious confrontations, the boys threatening to bring peers to the school to get involved using mobile telephones. However, on each occasion, the situation was diffused by a dialogue between my team and the young people. The school have acknowledged that outside the project, these situations would quickly become un- uncontrollable and very violent. Each incident occurred from what would appear to be, to an outsider, a very trivial occurrence, for example, a slight push during a tackle or dismissive comment. The impact of such slights has highlighted the fragility of the boys' internal worlds, and something that may appear so trivial could warrant such an emotional and aggressive response. As the final session approached, the therapists and coaches discussed their concern about the difficulties the boys may have with the programme finishing. They were unsure how the boys would behave, but also how many of them would attend. However, their concerns were not warranted. The final session of 20 boys, an increase of 8 on the original number of referrals. Prior to the session starting, the therapist addressed with the boys the fact it was the final session and difficulties that ending could evoke. They also discussed trying to bring together all that had been learnt over the length of the project in behaviour, communication and football skills. The group approached the session in a calm manner, in complete contrast to how sessions were at the beginning of the project. The group managed to behave well throughout, engaging their minds in thinking, listening and observing. The only difficulty came at a point when the coach was just setting up the next drill and the therapist spoke with the boys, praising them on the way they were behaving and their progress over the course of the project. It was very difficult for the boys to hear, and so they were completely unused to hearing any positive recognition. This was discussed with the boys, who agreed that it was difficult to receive praise and thought about what this might mean. The boys finished the final session, managing themselves emotionally and enjoying the drills they undertook. The session ended in a contained manner, without acting out behaviour or the group breaking down. 
boys thanked the coaches and the therapists for the work they had done in the project and exited the premises in an orderly manner. The successful final, final session showed the boys what they were capable of in terms of managing their emotions and behaviour and what the positive outcomes of these changes could be. It's hoped they can relate this change in lives in the classroom at home and in, the, in their peer groups, sparking improvement in their behaviour and attainment. The sessions quickly became a very pivotal part of the group members' week, with the boys asking staff members at school throughout the week whether or not the session would be running on Friday. The group members shared a great concern about whether or not the sessions would continue with the new educational year started in September 2011. That was the initial part of the project. So we started um, in February, I think it was February the 5th, 2011. Initially we were going to run just up until kind of Easter time. We ended up running until July. It was Really, we didn't know how it was going to pan out. I didn't know if it was going to work. Um, I didn't know how kind of involved the boys would be. Would they engage with us or not? Um, would the coaches continue working with us? So we worked up until Easter, and then we spoke with the coaches again. The boys were you know, quite involved with what we were doing. And the FA were quite pleased with what we were doing, so we continued. Um, September 2011, um, we went back to work with the same group of boys. Myself and my colleague. The FA coaches now were less involved over this whole academic year, but were still kind of present in the project, but not as often. So now we're going into you know, September to, to Christmas, and then the winter term and the summer term. Of the 20 Greek members who finished the summer term of the project, 19 chose to return and continue to work with us during the autumn term, term of 2011. The individual chose not to continue engaging with the project, gave the reason for the Declining offer is you have to think too much. <laughs> Upon returning to the college after the summer break, the school mentor informed me of the anxiety of the boys who had finished the programme prior to the break for the sessions to restart. I was approached by group members on a number of occasions questioning me on when the programme would be restarting, why there was such a delay, why could it not start immediately. The boys seemed to find the wait for the programme to be one of difficulty, raising the thought in my mind of the need for the structure, containment, space to think be understood to resume before they began to express all their internal difficulties within the classroom via their acting out behaviour. I felt that the boys' concern was that the work and progress they had undertaken prior to the summer break may completely unravel, so that if, this, if they could not quite comprehend the progress they had made, it was, was the result of their own internal progression and needed the familiar setting to ensure their own emotional behavioural stability. The academic move from year 8 into year 9 appeared to add to these, to these anxiety-provoking feelings bringing the added thoughts of the coming GCSE years and the need to make choices and the pressure to improve and maintain academic levels to determine the levels one will be placed in during the attack. The start, the start date of the session was not the only concern the boys expressed. Members were also very concerned about whether all previous staff would be present, would there be drinks, and would we still receive fruit at the end of the session. The boys were also concerned about whether the sessions would still run for an hour and a half and would be run for the whole academic year. It felt very much when thinking about the boys' anxieties that the concerns about their ability to maintain their emotional and behavioural development were hanging by a thread, and that any change from what they had come to perceive as the norm and thus an unknown would cause them such difficulty they would not be able to cope. We were aware that the autumn term would raise a number of unknown situations for the group. The FA coaches were aware of difficulties in attending all sessions prior to the start of the programme, and we would also discussed the impact this would have on the group and how we would undertake our work, as that I would now have to take on the mantle of coach with the resulting impact of my own ability to observe and verbalise what may or may not be taking place. The drawing in of the nights and lack of pitch side lighting for the astroturf pitches that we'd used 
It also made a significant change for the boys from undertaking sessions outside to having to transfer to an indoor gymnasium. The result of such a shift in working environment was resulted in less space in which to work and a new challenge of individuals in close proximity. Because the outside pitches, we have two full-size pitches and the indoor gym is a lot smaller. It's a good size, but it's a lot tighter. A further difficulty that we had not experienced as a group before was the coming of the Christmas break and the difficulties that such a holiday could present for our membership due to their economic and family backgrounds. Our final challenge to consider was one of a different nature, but had the potential to cause difficulties to the group. The FA had kindly provided kit for all group members. The kit comprised of a, an England training jacket, shorts and socks, tracksuit top and tracksuit bottoms, and a rain jacket. Our concern was how the group would cope with receiving such gifts, the confusion it may cause, and the impacts on others outside of the group and the school. Having spoken with FA and colleagues at the Brent Centre, we decided we would split the kit to get up and distribute in parts. The first session of the term saw an attendance of 15 boys out of 19. The four boys absent were not allowed to attend due to a school suspension brought about by an attack on another group member's house. So we had four boys attack one of the other cohorts' house through Brixley's window, which wasn't particularly pleasant. We distributed the kit to each group member present prior to the starting session. The boys then proceeded to change into their New England kit. It was incredibly interesting in placing all of the group in the same kit, but at the most basic level, they all looked very smart more importantly appeared to internalise what they felt the kit stood for. Standing much taller and feeling able to place an arm on each other's shoulders and waiting for drills to continue or when listening to observations, as if suddenly feeling very much part of a team and together within the group. The addition of the kit seemed to allow the boys to see each other as the same, helped to continue the work of the previous term in understanding difference and eliminating the use of racial abuse and derogatory language towards each other. What was really quite shocking was the racial abuse amongst the boys. Um, basically, of the 20 boys we worked with, I think 19 were young black boys, and the level of, of racial abuse between them was, to be honest, was disgusting. Um, and over the time of the project, you know, every time this happened, we, we were stopping what we were actually doing and, and trying to get the boys to think about what they were actually doing and why they were treating each other and speaking to each other in such a way. And frankly, by the end of the project, this was, you know, this language was completely eradicated. The group, the group moved back into the structure of the session seamlessly, as if there had not been a sizable break over the summer period. He undertook the drills and the sessions in its entirety in a contained manner, maintaining the progression of the previous term, including cleaning up the mess from their drinks and fruit, bagging it up as if able to own all aspects of the session. The following session saw full membership and all wearing their kit. The reintroduction of those that had previously been removed from school went smoothly, and the boys continued to contain themselves in the sessions, thinking of not acting out. It became quite apparent, and not only had the group made internal progression in the form of their ability to think, they had also made significant footballing progression, technically improving their ability and understanding of the game. Most pleasing to see was the boys playing the ball consistently on the floor, passing and moving, not just kicking the ball aimlessly and running after it felt very much that their ability to begin to use their minds to think about themselves in turn allowed them to become more thoughtful and contained footballers. Heavy but fair tackles of the previous have resulted in verbal and physical confrontations no longer resulted in the same outcomes, with members just continuing the game instead of taking the challenge as a slight and acting out their internal difficulty through violence. During the term, we had a number of confrontations within the session which had the potential to result in a physical confrontation. On each occasion, the boys squared up to each other, but then did not appear to either want to take it further or know what to do. The boys were now thinking, not acting on their impulses. 
Previously, the situations have resulted in violence as the boys struggled to contain their feelings and acted on them. On each occasion, we sat down with the boys whilst the coaches continued the session and discussed the difficulties before they were integrated into the session without any further problem. A quite significant session in the first half of the term came about due to the school closing for half a day, finishing at 12 o'clock. We chose to continue to run the session at the normal time, which was 3.30, and ten boys attended, coming back to the school even though their day had finished three and a half hours earlier. It felt important from our perspective to continue to show their reliability and containing environment for the session. Throughout the term, this session had the smallest membership, with the sex of smallest being 15. All other sessions had the membership of 19 boys. During the first five sessions, we continued to start the session with a keep ball drill to engage the minds of the group and get them thinking. Myself and all the staff set the group up by placing ourselves sitting down within a large ball, keep ball coming down space, but not call for the boys. It's their choice if they want to partake in the session or mess it up. We remain in a square in silence until group members join us. We have found that generally the boys place themselves within the square and join us very quickly, signaling the start of the session. The second half of the term saw a continuation of the high level attendance we've seen during the previous five weeks. The smallest group being 15 boys and the group having full membership on three occasions. The term was slightly disjointed during the drawing in of the evenings and moving to the gym space, but having to move back out to the asteroid pitch due to the gymnasium being used for exams. This brought up the obstacle of having to cope with change for the group, something that is presented as difficult throughout the run of the project. The boys actually coped with this in a more contained way than previously, and still found it difficult in the process. Such difficulties presented via their behaviour in an attempt to mess up the session. On each occasion, that such as I presented, we verbalised what we saw taking place and why this might be happening. We also took the, took the opportunity to link such difficulties to the classroom and the experience outside of the project. We counted the group's desire to disrupt the session by placing ourselves sitting within the cone down square and waited for the group to join us. At no point were members verbally chastised for their difficulties they were experiencing. Further difficulties in the session presented when members were given more training kit. Though seemingly pleased to receive full tracksuits, the boys proceeded to attempt to mess up the session, expressing difficulty in thinking and listening and undertaking drills. We spoke about why this may be and how difficult it can be for sometimes to receive and to trust others. Further thought on this may us to consider that the boys were testing the reliability of the adults and our boundaries reactions to them when they expressed more difficult behaviour and would be punishing them by taking back the kit that we presented them with or close the session down. This would be their experience of the boys when they misbehave at home, PlayStation or mobile phone would be taken or a school of detention would be given. Interestingly, in the second half of the term, I was informed by the lead school mentor that the boys who had been attending the project had been progressing well at school becoming more able to remain in class, with less acting out behaviour. I was slightly surprised at the mention of certain group members who are now doing well in their day-to-day undertaking of school as their presentation at Friday's sessions with one individuals who were having difficulties. It appears that the boys were now appropriately bringing their more difficult behaviour to the sessions and feeling more able to cope with school. We felt this very much showed the group's ability to now think and not act. One issue that's been consistent throughout the running of the programme has been a high number of group members who are not present at the start of the session due to being in detention. For our penultimate session, the term had a full group membership from the start of the group, not one member in detention. It's felt very pivotal in the life of the project. This would have meant that the group members have had to behave in every lesson for the whole academic week, and showed both myself and my team, the school and, and the boys, how far they'd come. We continued to... Sp- we spoke about this with the group, who were very proud of their achievement. This trend continued to the last session of the term with just one member being in detention.
And a group, although the group's ability to cope with changes progress through the time that we've worked together, the need, to complete, the need for complete unchanged weekly structure is very apparent within the session. We've tried to implement new opening drills for the group through a slight adaption of the large cute ball drill that the session started with. The boys found this change one of difficulty, with boys being unable to cope and reverting to cussing each other, whilst others changed the drill back to the original cute ball that we'd previously been using. We felt that without complete knowledge of how the session would run, the boys could not work effectively. Our concern is how can the boys transfer their learning from the group to the classroom and life, where the structure may not always be consistent and the unknown is present. We verbalise this to the group and would be the task that we continue to work with in the coming months. So now we're into the kind of winter term. We continue to manage to run the sessions outside throughout the term, much to relief for the boys who spoke of finding the indoor gym too confined for them. We spoke about why this may be and what the outcomes of feeling uncomfortable in enclosed spaces where it may feel that another is being intrusive can have on us. The boys said it made them feel uncomfortable. We link this to classroom environments and how such feelings can impact on their behaviour. The boys spoke of losing their focus and of playing up, acting out when things became too uncomfortable, resulting in classroom removal. The significant shift for the boys throughout the term has been their ability to be aware of what has taken place for them both within the session and externally. It's not previously taken place due to an inability to think, comprehend, acknowledge one's own internal difficulties and their impact. Due to such thoughts about the difficulty in working in confined spaces, we focus a number of the drills within each session towards having to cope with such situations, running drills, playing keep ball in very tight pitch spaces, or open drills where the boys moved around larger spaces, undertaking various tasks according to a number shouted by the coach which one such numbers to place themselves within a coned out box which receded in size after each time it was used. That's the one that we showed earlier. We previously attempted this drill on a number of occasions, but with an limited success due to the cohort's difficulty in remaining within the box without touching other group members. During the winter term, this no longer became an issue, with the boys managing to contain their anxieties with regards to the proximity of others and enter and stay in the box without feeling the need to externalise their anxiety by touching others. This was a major change in behaviour for the group. Another progression was the ability of the group to work for a number of footballs at one time without falling apart and smashing them at each other at fences, which had done previously on, the, on previous occasions we had been tempted to incorporate such work in the session. We felt at the time such behaviour from the group was an expression of their internal difficulties which were taken out on the footballs. During this term we decided to reintroduce the use of ten balls between the 20 group members in a drill which allowed them to roam around a large space, passing and moving the emphasis on controlling the ball, awareness of others and the ability to share a boundary space with fellow group members, much the same as working within a school environment or a classroom. Again, the progression of the group makes it <coughs> present to see in the drill and the group's ability to undertake it and enjoy it, rather than take their frustrations out in the footballs and literally run amok as they've done on previous occasions. During the month of January, the school put together a series of stats for each group member, charting the number of incidents each child had been involved in in the school on a month-by-month basis from the start of our work with the cohort. The cohort in April, we actually started in February, but we started recording the data in April 2011 until January 2012. In the first month of our work together, we com- the combined number of incidents recorded by the boys was 120. A recorded incident would mean classroom removal due to behavioural issue. By January 2012, this number was down to just 16 incidents across the membership. A couple of interesting points to come out of reviewing the behavioural statistics was that they showed that the two boys with least behavioural change had the least attendance on the project. The stats also showed that individuals who had been having difficulty within, within the session were not acting out within classroom environments. 
bringing us to the conclusion they were bringing their more difficult behaviour to a place where an attempt would be made to understand it. Another significant shift which we had first noticed at the end of the autumn term was the decrease in members having to attend detention after school on a Friday, thus missing part of our session. This would mean having to pay for all of the school week. Throughout the winter term we were starting the session with either a full cohort or just one division detention due to lateness and non-homework, not for behavioural issues, which was a massive shift. We spoke to the boys about the statistics and our own observations. The boys responded by giving themselves a round of applause, acknowledging that they were finding school easier due to their new ability to think and focus. One of the individuals spoke of his desire for the project to continue beyond the current year for him, due to it enabling him to think throughout the week and not, thus not act out. He said the project had enabled him to do this. The month of February brought about the one serious incident we had to cope with during the academic year. The boys had been becoming increasingly stressed about the thought of their upcoming option choices for their GCSE exams, and the discussions had been very present in the session, as well as the difficulties within the session which allowed us to think about the topic. At this time as well, the boys had a parents' evening at school, which would have brought about increased anxiety for fear of getting in trouble with parents' carers, and for some boys the pain of having nobody attend. As one member described the options, they dictate our whole future. It feels very pressurised. This feeling of pressure and anxiety exploded within the session. The day after parents in a very violent situation that continued for 20 minutes. The explicit violent threats being verbalised between boys, though actual physical fighting was kept to a minimum. Due to the level of risk, we brought the football element of the session to a close, but continued to speak with the group about what's happening and attempt to calm the situation down. A number of group members chose to leave immediately, expressing their annoyance at what had taken place in the ruining of their session. After a lengthy period of the time, the situation became calmer and resulted, without myself or any of my team instructing, the main protagonist shaking hands and apologising to each other for what had taken place. When we first started working with this cohort, such an ending would not have been possible and violence would have been seen as the only resolution. The following week, we again raised the difficulties of the previous week's session and what may have been the causes. The boys spoke of pressure and how they feel when in such situations. Very interesting, the boys were very keen to ensure we were aware that difficulties remained in the session and not seep out into the street or the school week. We felt, felt they showed an awareness of the changes they had made and, what they, and that they wanted us to be aware of this. During the winter term, we also raised the subject that the project would be coming to an end for the boys in July of 2012. This was met with silence and the group walking away from myself and the coaches momentarily moving across the football pitches as if attempting to comprehend the thought of ending. After a minute, the boys returned and we verbalised how difficult the thought of ending could be, that we would still have a large number of sessions to go and we could still learn a lot and have some fun. The subject of ending has continued to be raised by myself and continues to be a subject the boys find very difficult to hear. <coughs> okay, I'm nearly done. <laughs> the summer term has been seen us attempting to get the group to begin to think about life beyond the project. This has been something that the boys have found very difficult to hear and resulted upon each time that it's been raised and boys not hearing what we have said and conversing between themselves. On one occasion, one boy had been present at every session, punching another. We have verbalised the difficulty around endings, but also have encouraged the boys to think about what their concern of ending central. The group has set aside for missing the project. They were worried about their ability to cope emotionally and contain their behaviour. We have used the statistical information regarding the membership behaviour to show the cohort's ability to cope with the academic week away from the project and to stand alone. This is a message we have repeated throughout the term with the aim of the boys being able to take hold of what they have achieved and to internalise it to allow for continued onward progression. 
The thought of ending has been very present throughout the term of attendance, though still high, beginning to wane slightly. We have raised the subject with the cohort, and the thought that maybe it's easier to back away from the project rather than deal with the pain of ending. During this time, we've lost two members who decided to stop attending, though interestingly, have changed social groups within the school who continue to make very impressive behavioural statistics, as if they had taken all they needed from the project. Those that remain are, to my knowledge, those who have the biggest emotional and behavioural need. What if we continue to see in the project is the ongoing fragility and low expectations of the boys, even having worked with the project for one year. An example was the one time in the academic year we were running five minutes late. When we arrived, the boys were preparing to leave, and some group members had already done so, stating they thought we were not bothering to turn up. We tried to get the boys to think about why this may be, and why we may have been late, and that we previously informed them that if we were unable to attend, that we would let them and the school know. What the situation did show was the boys' expectations of adults or lack of them brought their life experiences more into focus for myself and my team. The ability to actually hear what myself and my team conversed to the group is still a point of difficulty, especially if what we are saying, if, especially if what we are stating is difficult to listen to. This has been very prevalent in the undertaking of drills and the inability of the boys to listen and carry out the task effectively. We have found that to verbalise and link the difficulties present to classroom situations beyond is helpful in regaining the boys' focus. From a footballing perspective, the group has continued to progress, very much aligned to their individual behavioural and emotional changes. The technical ability and thoughtful way in which the group has played much of its football has very much mirrored their behavioural change. Group members who are not the most gifted of football players are now playing at a reasonable standard, whilst those who are more technically gifted have made the progression in their ability to think, pick passes and bring other team members into the game. The boys' ability to structure themselves in the team game and arrange their team to its strength increased dramatically as the project has moved forward, showing more contained, less chaotic individuals who previously were unable to think and hold positions. Aside from the very clear behavioural change gleaned from the statistics provided by the school, a significant shift within our session over the year in which we have worked with the boys has been their ability to become more comfortable with others in their proximity. The shift within the sessions has been aligned with their ability to cope in class as the boys have become more comfortable in their own skins and thus able to cope with anxiety of what may feel like an intrusion of space when another person sits too close to them, or classroom becomes to feel claustroph- begins to feel claustrophobic. There were previous sessions that boys felt unable to keep their hands to themselves or reacted confrontationally when deemed another was too close. In the close of the project, this was not the case. The ability for the boys to work in confined space and stand together in tight boxes part of drills became very apparent and felt very significant with regards to the group's development. This newfound ability to think and not act on their impulses has been present throughout the academic years, but has become more prevalent since the turn of the year. We were once a hard tackle in the picture of a resulting in verbally aggressive and physically violent reactions. It's now rarely the case. The group on the whole being able to dust themselves down and continue with the session. This has been, very, this has been a very visible impact on the work that we've undertaken. It's been noticed by the coaches who were involved in the project, but who have not attended every week. This ability to think about our more aggressive feelings also crossed over into school life with the boys openly saying they have used their learning from the project to prevent themselves from becoming involved in physical confrontations. This would not have happened when we began this piece of work. Though it's still quite visibly clear that the boys are internally quite fragile, they are also very clear signs that they are much more robust and able to understand themselves than prior to their participation in the project. Aside from the behavioural change that the boys made both within the session and school, the group's internal development has seen a 61% increase amongst the boys in their ability to attend school. Saw the group as a whole average 95% school attendance compared to a 91% for the rest of the school. 
These increases align to their behavioural changes developed as a group that developed their ability to think and comprehend what's taking place for themselves, initially on the football pitch, before crossing into school life. The final session of the term brought a near full membership with the return of a group member who had stopped attending. From a staff perspective, all who had worked on the project were also present. The aim of attempting to end the project with all who had been part of it, the idea of bringing for the idea being for the group to see that adults can be reliable, to also show them to see the different stages of their journey on the project by the staff present. The session was quite difficult. The boys spoke of having started their GCSE syllabus and how hard, how hard it was. We touched on the feelings they may have evoked during the week and also the difficulty of ending today. The boys were agitated during the session, just managing to contain their more aggressive feelings towards each other and us. We had to stop the session and verbalise the difficulties that we could see due to the session having the potential to become violent. The boys, having heard my thoughts, then undertook a group run in a very contained manner before continuing the session in a calm and more thoughtful way. The ending of the session and the project became a bit, more, a bit fragmented with different group members having more ability to cope than others. Those that were coping were able to sit within a circle as I attempted to speak to the boys and give out jackets at the football station and giving them as ending gifts. Other group members who were finding the ending more difficult wandered off before coming back and sitting with the membership. As a group of boys managed to accept the gifts and my thoughts on the project and our work, they were still very clear to accept that anything that was nice was still very difficult for many of the group. That's it. Um, as of, I could say, last week, every single boy is still in school, which, bearing in mind, four of them would have been permanently excluded prior to us working with them. is you know, great for them. Um, of the boy there, you know, took his GCSE and passed. Um, Muhammad, the other boy, is now attending evening class. Um, you know, these boys are quite amazing. I've been quite privileged to work with them. I think I'll just open it up. I'm sure there's lots of questions that people have. Yeah. Yeah, um, I was wondering how you move from how can I stay alive in those 20 seconds with these kids to finding the box exercise. <laughs> I can't even remember that far back. Um, just thinking of my feet, really, sort of thinking of the coaches, trying to think sort of, you know, uh, therapeutically about how we could try and work with them. Um, we just kind of fell on it, really, as, as a way of working. I started thinking about the fact they just, they, you know, they couldn't sit still, they couldn't keep in one place at one time. So the idea was, you know, if, if we actually made a space with a boundary and try and get them to work in it, um, and initially, yeah, it wasn't a big no-no, it just wasn't happening. But the idea being that maybe over time they would be able to slowly, you know, as they began to feel a bit better, move into the space and start working in it. And that's kind of how it came about. I'm sure there was more thought to it than that. <laughs> Actually, I mean, how did the work with the coaches happen then? I mean, you, they, they're the three people who yeah. tried to... Yeah, so I, I met with them extensively and we sort of discussed and you know, what we were looking to do and the fact it wasn't just going to be, like I say, a kick around on a Friday afternoon and what I wanted to try and create. So we started to look at the different drills I had and some just weren't you know, viable really. 
it just didn't really fit in with what I was trying to think about doing. So we started looking at the ones that were more um, engaging and that could have a psychological element to them. And from that, we started to think about the boxes and working within boxes and within contained spaces. The idea of trying to kind of... You know, these boys had no internal structure. You know, they're completely chaotic. And the idea of working with the boxes to try and create a structure for them and get them kind of a bit more robust and a bit more able to think. And my idea being that if they're not... If they're being able to stay in the box there's something happening within their mind that's uh, less chaotic than what was happening at the beginning when they were every button box. So it was, it was kind of a way to sort of um, see progression, really. But, I mean, in the first video, you, the, the thing you're shouting at them is space. Yeah. You know, so that you're trying to get them... One of the things that we... two things going on Yeah, there, one of the things we try to do is not, is not to get them to flood the space... Um, as if they're flooding their mind or flooding the consulting room, you know, where you just, you know, as if they just projectile vomiting everywhere. And, you know, one of the things, you know, that they do is follow the bullet and just, just run, and it's blind, it's not thinking. And the idea is trying to hold the boundary. A lot of the drills we do is about holding the boundary, and if you do have to go into the space, you go into the space and you come back out. So you're actually holding yourself and you're thinking that much more rather than doing what they were doing there, which is just en masse running into a corner. Yeah. But I'm just thinking about the, the, the kind of the play between thinking in box, trying to contain something, mm. and trying to actually get them to think to create mental space so that they can hold back, create a distance, you know, to create, increase the distance or contract it. And both both of those things seem to be going on as part of the kind of therapeutic. Yeah, I mean, various various drills have kind of various impacts. Um, so there'll be some drills like that drill there where there's a lot more movement. There's be, there'll be others where they really have to hold the boundary and it has to be a lot more controlled. So we play basically like a keep, they have to keep the ball up drill, you know, like rolling the ball, but they have to hold the boundary of a very tight square and the idea is not to move into the square, it's actually to hold that space so that you don't flood it. So your anxiety isn't just, you know, their anxiety is to go forward all the time. We try and get them to hold back. So that's a different one to that one, where they're actually having to move and having to think. So I want them moving and thinking and actually seeing the space, um, which they, they can't do, as we saw. Yeah. I mean, <coughs> I suppose some people you know, would think that with, with, you know, if you're playing a sport, you want to get to a point where your body is doing the thinking. You know, there is a, you know, there's you have to, to a, to a certain extent, be able to be spontaneous, mm. just as you have to be in therapy. You know, you were talking about thinking on your feet and so on. And just, I'm just trying to think, you know, that tension as well between trying to get them to stop and think, mm. but also to improve their football and to be able to be spontaneous and, you know, and just how that sort of worked itself out a bit on the... On the pitch or in the drills or with how they were playing and did that. And I think you know with that particular group of boys and with the boys we're working with now that you know the most difficult thing was getting them to think from the start and actually to slow down everything. And that was the whole kind of thing that we wanted to do with them just to slow down, you know, put the foot on the ball and actually think about what you're doing. And you know, for some of them who are technically better at football, it's a lot easier to maybe think and act at the same time and actually play the ball a lot quicker than for some of the others. Um, you know, the emphasis wasn't so much on ability to play 
sort of uh, in, a, in a real fluid kind of motion really it was more about kind of getting them to think about sort of slow down their impulse and actually think about what they were doing but by the end of the project it was a lot more you know the games technically you know I think would have fit maybe what you're thinking about where they were actually able to express themselves a lot more um, in the here and now without having to think so much mm-hmm. because the fact that they were able to think whereas at the beginning they, just, they wouldn't they would just kick the ball yeah. if that makes sense Yes, I just want to say actually two things. One says as a comment, seeing the film, I think, in the clips really brings home how basic these boys' difficulties are. And if you were just to look at them, and I was just thinking, you know, in a year or two, they'll be physically even bigger. Um, actually, where they're at in terms of their need for help is so, you know, it's sort of so far back, really. And how often does that get really taken into account? Just seeing them with that box exercise, you mm. know, they couldn't. Statistics 
and the school must be absolutely thrilled. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the life of all, all the other kids, contemporary kids in the year of these young people, must have improved. Yeah, significantly. I mean, the project continues now. I, I'm still running that project on a Friday of a new cohort. Ofsted were actually in that school last week and were speaking incredibly highly of what we've been doing with these boys, and it's completely different. And they oh, sound quite big-headed. That is great. <laughs> um, you know, and just really impressed with what we're doing. You know, we're also running a project down in in South London in Rotherhithe. Um, the same project, um, which has only been running for the last 12 weeks, 10 weeks. This has been, it's been very, very difficult down there, to be honest, but, you know, as I've spoken to a few people, it's, it's bedding in, and, you know, what was initially going to be uh, a taster, they've now actually, you know, going to continue the project to the summer, which shows their kind of belief and their interest in what we're trying to do with some very, very difficult adolescents. I was just wondering, how, like, how is it sold to the kids? Are they like, wow, you're going to be amazing footballers? Or is it like actually this is an opportunity? Because obviously the school selects the young people. Yeah, I mean, what's quite interesting actually, a boy came up to me on Friday and he said to me, oh, Dan, I've worked out what you're actually doing with us. It's nothing to do with football, it's about our behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said, well done. I said, how did you work that out? He said, because you're constantly linking everything. <laughs> so I was quite impressed actually. I thought it was really thoughtful. Now, how we sell it to the boys is the fact that, you know, it's a football project, but it's a bit different. You know, and what we want to do is actually get you thinking a bit more. We want you to have fun, um, become better footballers, but actually enjoy life a little bit more and maybe enjoy school a bit more. And, yeah, that's the kind of thing behind it. It's, it's not all seriousness. You know, we have fun every week, and there's some really difficult parts of it. But, um, you know, the boys enjoy it, and I think it shows that they don't have to come. You know, they come after school on a Friday. You know, this year, the 20 referrals are averaging 15. You know, last Friday it's freezing cold. We're playing in the dark, um, and they're still there. They'd have us there till nine o'clock if they got the chance, but you know, I don't give it to them. So, <laughs> um, I was just wondering. I know probably for girls, as a generalisation, they have less physical behaviour difficulties. Um, but is it something you've considered that you would offer for girls in schools? Because I know. Obviously, they are still. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, it's it's not something you know, it's not something that we've done yet. You know, this project's still quite fresh. Um, you know, it's an ongoing. It's you know, I'm developing it all the time. Like I say, I'm bringing new things into it this year, and yeah, it's something that would be of interest. I mean, the project initially in South London, we did consider having a mixed group, but then school decided against it because the boys uh, are quite violent, and um, it was decided that you know we wouldn't do that. But yeah, I mean. It would be something you know we have to be thought about. It'd be there'd be different ways we'd have to work, I think, and we'd have to think about it a lot more. And it also depends on the sport that we choose. Yeah. I mean, it has to be quite a sort of a team-based sport and quite an active sport for us to be able to do this. So we couldn't do it say with badminton, um, but you know, <laughs> but we could do it. But we could do it with basketball or hockey, yeah. maybe you know, sports like that or football. You know, football girls play football. So. Okay, I mean, I was kind of then beginning to, to think outwards. I mean, how could you develop it so that you were training other counsellors, <laughs> football coaches to do it yeah, in a more I mean, in a larger... Interestingly, um, yeah, this is something that initially I was like wondering you know, who else we could get. But over the last year, I've found five other guys um, who are 
you know, very, very good. What's quite interesting is that um, a number of people who have worked on the project or have had access to the project are now training, um, which is br- for me it's brilliant. You know, it's great. You know, because these guys have taken a real interest in the concept, not just about the football, about the kind of the whole ethos behind it and have bought into it. Um, when you say training, what do you mean training as counsellors? Yeah. To in order to marry the two sort of things. Yeah, together? well, that's the idea long yeah. term. I mean, I think what's you know. With, with the project, you know, everyone worked on that project for free. You know, everyone just bought into the whole idea, which for me was amazing because, like I say, it was an idea and we didn't know how it was going to pan out. And everyone got involved and really got stuck in and believed it and stuck with it because, to be honest, the behaviour that was expressed was quite shocking. And bearing in mind these guys from the FA came down every week and they didn't have to, and they did. And, you know, I take my hat off to them, really, because it was my idea and... You know, I have a bit more of an ability to understand what was taking place. They don't, you know, but they did, and they were interested in it. And I think that you made this amazing creative link of being able to marry things up together. Mm. Um, I also wondered, just slightly change the subject, but did any of the parents show any interest? Not one. And I think that's quite shocking, especially when we gave them, you know. A couple of hundred pounds worth of kit each. And one parent, not that we're looking for the facts, but actually wonder where this boy was coming home with this full tracksuit. And I found that quite shocking. And yeah, not one parent wondered where their child was till five o'clock on the Friday afternoon. when a lot of the boys you know shut down at school 
um, step up to the plate in a negative way um, with regards to kind of street-related activities. Um, so it was. It just felt like it was a, a good age group to work with. But I've been spoken to by um, head teachers at various schools that I'm in contact with, saying that you know it would be good for Year Seven. You know, coming in from from um, primary school, I've had a meeting with Crystal Palace Football Club that week, and saying, well, what about going into a primary school? Why not? You might have to. It might take a bit of time to cajole it, and you might have to move it around slightly. But you know, if you can. Look at it and think about it. And if it, um, I was wondering about how you, um, whether you sort of, how you devise new drills, whether you sort of sit back and think, oh, you know, they find this sort of thing really difficult. So maybe. We yeah. Can Do you know what? I, it's, it's strange. That sort of some of them just pop into my head. There's a there's a new one that we're doing at the moment, which I call the offside drill, which is basically about containing your anxiety and and you know, the whole idea of. Offside is not to go beyond the line. So the boy, the idea is the boys go down the football pitch in a line, and I shout different calls, which one would be slow walk, fast walk, jog. But they have to look down the line at all times and, and not let their anxiety overtake them and move forward. If, if that makes sense, I don't know if that makes sense or not. It does to me, obviously, because I can see it in my head. But um, yeah, and that just popped into my head, and it's about you know, kind of uh, just being able to sit back and actually just not sprint, you know, and, and you know lose control and I don't know how I came up with that I just did so <laughs> but that answers your question but. over the time you've been doing this um, have any other people trained and are they running parallel sessions yet no how long do you think it might take I don't know to be honest that's a, a, a yeah, really honest answer there's um, the, the guy uh, I worked with in the summer um, he's currently doing a psychology degree. Um, I'd be quite confident that he could run a session. Um, there's a few other people who I'm in contact with um, who I feel quite confident could run sessions quite quickly. I think it's it's about confidence in yourself. One of the main things with you know with this work is the fact that you have to contain the whole session, even when it's the most violent thing and the most horrible thing going on. Because if you if you don't contain it and you you externalise how awful you're feeling inside. That's the session finished, and that's probably the project finished. Right. So it's about you know, it's not just about being able to teach the drills and everything else. It's about not showing you're scared when you are. <laughs> I think that's you know one of the things you have to be able to do. You were working first though more as the kind of therapist, right? yeah, and then yeah, initially, the yeah. I mean, it's 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 come about purely just because I can't get people all the time, yeah, um, and. In some ways, you know, it, it was better with coaches. In some ways, it's better like this. Um, I had more control over it um, like this. It was good with the coaches. I could stand back a lot more yeah. um, and observe. But did, did the group actually, you know, they knew you were there. Yeah. I mean, they knew, no, no, they're completely... They knew you were in charge, in yeah, a sense. Yeah, so and I'd be there in my kit. Yeah. So and I'd be quite... Yeah. I'd, I would actually become involved, and I'd step back out again. Yeah. And if there was a difficulty, I might take someone to the side and talk with them. We can still do that. Um, but it has the model has changed slightly. But you know the summer program was slightly different. We had some money, so we had a coach. Um, at the moment, the project is myself and my colleague because that's just the way it is. Um, but what's that's quite, probably what's quite good about it that you can kind of move in between. But we might find that we get a cohort that it doesn't work with purely because they're just too disturbed, and you need 
more numbers and you need coaches and you need likes of myself to actually step back and observe a lot more and do a lot more work. And no, it's just a comment really to say, Dan, it would be fair to say that expanding the programme is something that is going to be thought yeah. about really seriously yeah. to do that. Yeah. I was just thinking that your previous experience of working with young people in groups is almost the most valuable. I mean, you're... you're <coughs> therapeutic yeah. thing, but you know the fact you'd worked with young people and really difficult young people, seems mm. to me that's what you take out almost, and the most an ability to contain in the room was mm. what you then took out yeah. and I was yeah. thinking if you didn't have that, you know, just to have had therapeutic training I thought that would be really difficult to go and kind of take, yeah, I don't think you could just do it. to contain no. No. If you hadn't had all that. No, but also I don't think, you know, if, if you weren't trained, I just don't think you could see what was actually no. taking place. And I don't think you'd be able to verbalise no. it, even though you know, when I do verbalise things, I do it in a very simple term. Um, but you wouldn't be able to see anything that's actually happening. But, but do, do you, I mean, you think about what you're doing as a kind of interpretation. Hmm. In, 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 yeah. Um, and, um, uh, I mean, do, do you kind of try to apply a particular form? To it, or is it just how it works at the, you know any particular time? Yeah, as you know, it's how it works. Did you actually do coaching then, or did you just no. use your? your no, coaching? I mean, you know, I've played sport all my life, um, but I learned an awful lot from the from the FA coaches, and um, the guy who worked for us in the summer to coach for Arsenal, and he was very very good. And I learned a lot from him, so I have a big book of drills yeah. um, <laughs> that I managed to glean off people for free. So, yeah, so I'm not a, a trained football coach, but yeah. you don't necessarily need to yeah, be a trained football coach to do this. It's, a, it's working in a particular way, so it's actually applying particular coaching drills and actually then devising some yourself mm. that fit with kind of the thinking of the project. Have you met with uh, any of the people that are doing projects, say, in North Islington? I know um, Arsenal are actually about to start a brand new project over that way, working with, um, actually, I was at the Premier League a few weeks ago, and they were telling me that Arsenal were about to pinpoint, um, I don't know, rough number, 20 most violent kids in, in Islington and work with. I don't know how they're going to work with them, but they're aiming to. We, we did email Arsenal Benga, but the other thing that we was the, I mean, you're applying a kind of therapeutic ethos to, you know, in that space, and then, you know, some of the kids have been are in detention, they can't come, and the school, in other words, is obviously applying a completely different kind. You know, yeah. So how does it, you know, I mean. I think, you know, initially when we work with the boys, it confuses the living daylights out of them because, you know, I don't shout at them. You know, if you throw a punch, you don't get in trouble. You know, you get talked to you, but you don't get thrown out of the session. So it's very confusing for them. But I think they do, you know, as was proven at the end of the project, they, they learn to take it over and take it somewhere else. Because we show them a very different way of, of thinking, a very different kind of um, impression of adults and how adults can actually be with you. But do they... Because obviously they've got to knuckle down at school, yeah, so they have. To, I mean, it could be that they actually get more 
sense of injustice about how they're treated at the school, in the school setting where they're being sort of punished and shouted at and not understood and not held in mind and so on. And but I think they have an increased ability to actually think about their own impact in those situations and what they actually do and how that you know how these situations develop. So that maybe it's not just a teacher you know coming down like a ton of bricks on them, but their actual part in in that. And I think that's the difference that we actually you know get them thinking to actually about see yeah to actually see that okay if you do this this is what's actually going to happen. So there's an outcome to yeah, every action that you partake, whether it's you know you can't control that football you know you're flat-footed when that all comes to you to, you know, what happens in the classroom. And that's what we do. You know, we link that all the time so they're aware. You know, if, if, if you can't focus on our drill, what would happen in the classroom when you don't focus? And they can start to think about that so we can actually get them seeing the parallels between the two. I think, I think it's interesting that it doesn't seem to be that hard to engage the, the part of them that wants to do well at school. <laughs> because one of the things you said was that you found that they focused when you talked about yeah. about sort of ha- what would happen if you did this in school, and I thought, and I think that showed. But shows then the group in Rotherhive uh, <laughs> giving me the runaround, you know, whereas for, you know, I, I don't know, but yeah, I think these boys, you know, you, if you can give them an opportunity. And a space, one, to be adolescents and actually to have some fun in a really safe environment and that you can give them some understanding and maybe kind of help them see what might be taking place for them. You know, that can maybe kind of motivate them to actually see school as a bit more of an enjoyable place than, than what it was. Could you just, sorry, could you just say a little bit about what's happening at Rotherheim? This is a, a new project that I set up um, in September. So this is a, a school in Rotherhithe, so down in South London. So the idea was, you know, we wanted one which we're continuing to run in Halton and have one in South London in an equivalent area, so both in very tough areas, um, in tough schools. And the project down there is, like I say, it's fresh. I have no um, presence in the school. I think that's what's been a difficulty and um, the boys don't know me. I've had to develop a lot of relationships there. And, you know, so far we're in our 10th, 10th week of the project. And, you know, we've had in, in massive difficulties with the boys and their complete inability or, you know, to try and work with us. They don't want to think. Um, you know, last week, you know, they kicked my cones all over the pitch. Um, <laughs> you know, which, you know, was only kicking my cones over the pitch, but it was a bit like, we don't want to actually take part in this, we don't want to think. We just want, all they want to do is play football. And, you know, just playing football involves not actually having to, to think about anything. You know, they can just kick and rush it around the pitch at all times and not actually partake in what we want them to do. And it's been, it's been a really, really tough experience for them and for myself and, and the people I'm working with there. But it's been interesting. And, you know, yesterday was the first time we actually managed to get them working and I actually switched the project around and we started with a game um, rather than finish with a game. And it seemed to work and then I took them into drills. So it's a bit of thinking on our feet. And we've got two more weeks before the break. But what's quite interesting is that initially, I think I said before, the school only bought 12 weeks and now they've bought a year. So... <laughs> I must be doing something right. Have you heard how they're doing in class with the feedback from the school? Uh, these boys are still <laughs> off, off the radar. Are did you put the cones back? I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. And, and then, then they, they then they walked off they walked off the pitch. <laughs> <laughs>
We had a few that stayed, so we've managed to work with a few. But it's Were they free thinkers? Very different. <laughs> <laughs> it's been tough. I really like Dan the idea of the of the sort of working in the small space and the boxes and homes and the sort of external kind of representation of a secure base, which I guess a lot of these boys mm. coming from disorganised backgrounds have no sense of secure base, and so maybe that real initial visual stepping into something that maybe they made at the time. Uh, uh, I'm not quite sure those two boys who well. you know, <laughs> it wasn't exactly secure, was it? No, For them it was the most anxiety. And yeah. of course, you know, I'm sure everybody thought that this is a homoerotic problem, you know, in, in the, the, this proximity of the boys. I mean, even though, of course, one of the phrases in football is up his arse, you know, <laughs> you know mark the player closely, you know, so it's a kind of... of but I mean that sexual aspect yeah. obviously is something that's there in all, all and they actually do comment on that in their yes. with a girl it would be so much easier yeah, <laughs> yeah, I very much doubt it yeah, yeah. but you know, that's the fantasy so, so, so. and that I mean you were saying before I mean, you know, that drill and the, the boy with the, with the water bottle yeah. you know, I mean, that's a very interesting yeah. kind of use of an object yeah. isn't it it's an interesting drill, and it's 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 one way that we can really mark progression, because you know when we first started working with the boys last year, you know we had boys getting punched in the head in that box, and by the end of it, the boys are really really comfortable in the box, hands by their side, it's it's fine, yeah. and they're very very comfortable, and then they come back out, and it, you know you could see it over time the progression being yeah. made of that. And it was you know, one one it was very pleasing, but two it's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I mean, presumably the, the, the drills that you're doing that kind of mitigate an, anxiety, and then some that are actually trying to push it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we try and create situations that are safe, that might result in acting out behaviour, yeah. um, but where it get understood. Because, you know, in the classroom, they have those similar situations, and they do act out, and it's not a safe place to do it, yeah. because you end up getting in trouble. Yeah. So... Then what I keep thinking about is the fact that they're in this kind of shared situation, but you've got this metaphor of school. Mm. So everything is kind of related to school. In fact, I wondered if any of them had said, well, actually, when I'm at home, or whether it's always kind of you using that safe no, metaphor that's kind of... No, we've used many different Yeah, I didn't know whether they... Oh, okay. Whether they linked it to kind of... The main link is school. You know, to be brutally honest, because that's the easiest link yeah. to be made, and also it does feel less persecuted yeah, than if we start invading the homes, yeah. um, where you know it could be stirring up and you know hornets' nests. Yeah, stuff. I think that's why. Part so it's, it's you know it's a lot easier to do that. Yeah. Do you, um, do you compare notes with PE teachers? Do, not have any? Um, do you know what? I, I don't. But what's quite interesting is at that school, the PE teacher. Um, came over to us at the end of the project and he said he'd watched us from the window for the entire year and found it fascinating um, what we were doing with them and just really, really interesting because it was completely different to what he would do with them. What would he do? Um, I think he'd kind of kick them up the backside and kick them out of the session, to be honest, from what he said. So, yeah, I think he just found it really interesting watching us working in a different way um, and using the drills that maybe he would use some of the drills, but we were using them in a different way to him. Um, so it was, it was quite nice to get someone else's perspective.
the PE teacher in pairs is quite funny. I just watched that the other day. I don't know if you've ever done that. Before we wind up, um, most people here from therapists and working with adolescents. Is that, uh, anybody here a football coach? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> any questions? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of wondering what the response was from the FA. The FA has been, well, to be honest, you know, I take my hat off to them. If it wasn't for them, the project would never have got around. But it's been sort of mixed in some ways. I don't think. The guys that were involved understood it completely. I'm not too sure about the people above them. Yeah. And that's, I think, quite, you know, it's not uncommon. And I've spoken to quite senior people. We had some quite senior people come to the project. They're very interested in what we're doing, but I think it's kind of got lost in the system. Because um, it's quite a, a clogged-up system there. Being polite. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, when I first heard of, you know, when first met Daniel and heard of the project, I, one of my interests was just how it could improve football. Mm. I mean, I, I see this as the saviour of English football. I'm just wondering from a coach's point of view, I mean, do you see any, you know, how the idea of actually getting a team to think yeah. what um, that, you know, what that means? <laughs> you know? I mean... I think as a coach, that's what you always try and get from the players. To get that sort of process going um, and do you see some of the kind of techniques that you use as yeah, similar some of them are similar like I think you mentioned that you started one session with a match mm. um, sometimes when I've worked with younger age groups I've done that just to kind of get that initial energy mm. out um, that's successful it's also seemed like your sessions kind of empowered the, the players as well like they seem to make it kind of theirs in the way you said um and I was wondering if, if maybe there was any idea of taking that sort of further forward, like they have more of an input into the, the sessions and how they Yeah, they do, they do in a sense. Um, but there's certain drills, you know, they, they can pick and choose. I'll give them freedom. I'm not, you know, sort of on their backs and just completely dictate to them. So, uh, and there's certain games that they like playing. We will play them. But, you know, sometimes we ask them to do something else that maybe makes them feel a bit more uncomfortable first. Because um, I think that's only fair, because at the end of the day, you know, it's about learning. Um, so we'll say, if we do this, okay, then we'll do that. And they're, they're quite cool with that most of the time. Any other questions? You saw the film right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not my film. <laughs> yeah, you can see, if they'll do it in America and it'll be you know, another sport entirely. <laughs> yeah. We've got the filmmaker. We've just got to find the money. Well, it's been fascinating, and I'm sure everybody here. Uh, one little any? plug, actually, oh, right, okay. if people wanted to support one way to expand it. This is a fundraiser, Bread's Holding, for sport resort and lots of other things. On the 10th, I like everybody's got a flyer on yeah, their seat. Take your flyers. Home and take your flyers. 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 Take yeah, if you look on their website, it's it's a it's a report that's just come out on um, adolescents' crime and sport, and it's the lead project in there. 
Yeah, yeah if, you look on, if you go on their website and look under publications, you can download it. Yeah, yeah. It was also in the the, the Times uh, about three weeks ago, but that was just a mention. So, huh? Oh, that's what I wanted to ask you. Yes, do you want to write a paper? Oh, I thought that would be practical. Yeah, you could give that. Yeah. I'll talk about GCSEs. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't worry, we'll sort something out. Um, Ghostwriter. Uh, yeah, we'll find one. Not me. Last thank you to Daniel, and I think that would be it. Thank you.